Hey, welcome back to STS. This is a show about the world of parkour, where we like to feel like we bring a unique perspective onto a lot of the subjects happening in that world. In this podcast, we're going to be talking about travel. We're going to be talking about jumpers knee and how to train around injuries such as that, as well as the SBL2 qualifier that just happened at HAL 5 in Belgium, and also King of Concrete and my perspective and his perspective on it. Once again, I'd like to remind people that we don't put ads on uh, any of these episodes anymore. And so if you enjoy them and you would like to help us out, we just ask that you please share them with a friend, leave us a five-star review, give us a thumbs up on YouTube and leave a comment for the algorithm. Without further ado, let's get into today's talk. Yeah, this is uh, this is my last day in, in Brighton and yeah. I'll be coming back coming back at the end of my trip so I'm going to going to France for a few days and then coming back for a few more days and probably Brighton again because by that time Callum and Joe and Lynn and people that I've met before <laughs> will be back again um, but right now it's been a bit of a struggle to find people to train with although I think we actually managed to get a hold of some people that we're gonna go meet up with after oh, yeah. after this chat so it's gonna be fun. Yeah, um, but you're not training much right now. No, I'm not training much. Um, yeah, I got tendonitis. It's pretty bad. Uh, I, I came here like specifically for the HAL five competition. Also, just trying to figure out how to live on my own, that mm -hmm. sort of thing. Um, and uh, yeah, I, when I got here, I realized my knee was too messed up for me to actually compete. <laughs> So I basically just watched all the insane shit that went down. I mean, to be fair, it was pretty insane. Like I, I, I wasn't bored yeah. like at all the whole time, right? right? Well, let's let's yeah. let's dial back a bit because you you were talking about your knee, yeah. and uh, you were telling me yesterday because we we both we both actually have been hit with the uh, jumper's knee bug, the patellar tendon tendonitis tendinopathy, yeah. tendinopathy being more the correct word. Um, and I think even when you were, before you left Vancouver, cause I was sharing like my experiences with you and I was like, hey, you need to step away from, from some of the things you're trying to do. Cause it's, it's better to um, take more time to heal than try to jump in too early. But I think some of the stuff you were telling me today <laughs> suggests that, that you let it get really bad. Yeah, I let it get real bad. I just, uh, I guess I've kind of just gotten used to pain at this point, like for my knee. So the past like few years, I think I've, I've had tendonitis and I just didn't do anything about it because I was like, well, I can still jump. But then like, uh, especially the other day, um, I went for <laughs> fun training with, uh, this guy named Jules and, uh, uh, also that was in, that was in Leuven. Yeah, that was in Leuven. Um, and uh, I was just like, I was just doing laches and stuff, right? Like nothing that would bug the knee. But when I came home, like to the to the flat, I was limping. And I, I was just like barely able to move and stuff. And I was just like hopping on one leg. And I realized, man, this thing's like out of control. This is bad, right? So. And that was just the other day. That was just the other yeah. day. Because so. you were saying that, that limping was occurring after training sessions last year. Yeah. Yeah, like it's, when you're out with with the guys in in Vancouver. Yeah. So it's I always I always find um, like tendon pain can be almost like mysterious, 
because like for, for me, anytime I've had a bout of jumper's knee, there's certain things I can do that don't bother it at all. And the things that do bother it, they're not excruciatingly painful. And I don't know if you feel the same way where it's just like you can kind of feel a dull ache at the start. Obviously, the more you do, then it does turn into real pain. But the start of it sometimes is just like this dull ache. And it usually doesn't get bad until you're cooled down or till the next day. Like I've had sessions where I'm aware of some tendon pain, train a bit, and then you know, hit a jump and I can feel it a bit more and then it goes away because you just get more warmed up. But then as you cool down and you're, you know, coming home after the session, you're like, oh, yeah, this feels like I made things worse. I did not need to do that. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like there's so many athletes out there, too, that have this problem. Like so <laughs> many athletes have jumpers. Knee and they yeah. Well, you also have the um, uh, and I think I developed a bit of this, too, as an adult, unfortunately, um, just trying to trying to always push hard and go through go through the pain go through you know it's always you're always yeah. just trying to improve right and it's it's really yeah. hard to take a step back and see it as a way to improve but you got the uh the osgood schlotter oh should i show it which is uh, <laughs> you guys want to see it so check this thing out it's a nice little bump beside my bump it's like a second you see kneecap, the frame right? there can you guys see it yeah second little bump right there and you have that on both knees right uh no actually my right knee's chill Okay, because I developed it on my right knee, I think, in the last, I'm going to say, seven years. Really? Um, yeah, in my 20s, I used to get a bit of jumper's knee in my left knee, uh, and I was able to just step away at the right times to deal with it. Um, and I don't know, I think, I have a hunch that it's because I, I tore my Achilles tendon on my left leg and started to use my right leg more. Like I was such a left leg specialist up until that point. And yeah. so because of the injury, I was using my right leg more. And it's just, I've never had a long stretch where I got over it. And I think over time developed, basically, so if you're not familiar with Osgood Schlatter, it's like, um, it's like a bone spur. Um, so the, the bone, for whatever reason, underneath the tendon actually gets, gets larger. And I think it, it adds to the problem because Obviously, if you're doing something like sitting on your knees, you can you can feel if you have a pointy bone touching the ground versus like a smooth one, it's obviously going to hurt more. Um, yeah. And I, I would think that it would also put more stretch and strain on the tendon, too. So it's still like a recoverable thing. I was actually reading a little bit about Osgood Schlatter um, and it's a bone sprint. Sometimes they operate on it. So sometimes they, and I'm not saying like you need an operation or I'm, I'm considering an operation. I think it's really important to, to yeah. try to um, uh, Adapt. take, take as every, because surgery is, has its own risks. And a lot of times people go in for, it, that's almost like a performance enhancing surgery or like a corrective surgery that might actually make things worse because you're, you're <laughs> aggravating the area more by like doing an incision yeah. and going in. But, but yeah, essentially I think um uh, sometimes it's operated on. I'm just, I'm just assuming for to get to that point, you would, the, the spur would have to be like so big. Um, and I know you think yours is like, Oh, it's a second kneecap, but I don't know. I, I would like to look up, um, some images of, of people that, um, yeah, cases where it was actually operated on. Um, but it also just seems like a, a it almost seems like a quick fix to, uh, a bad habit, you know, like yeah. someone is um, tr 
trashing their knee to the point where they, you know, where, where they're aware of this thing that's like visibly growing and then getting yeah. surgery. I imagine it's probably not athletes that actually get it operated on. I imagine it's probably people that um, developed it for one one reason or another and then um, can't do like basic things. It's like rich people. Kind of. Not necessarily rich people. It's like, okay, so if you, I've had a flare up to the point where getting like, this is like a low seat that I'm in. Like you can see like my, my knees are much higher than my hips. And so when mine's flared up, I'll get up um, out of bed in the morning or off of a low seat like this. And I can feel it as I'm just going through that uh, concentric motion of standing up from, yeah. from that uh, deep knee bend. So if if it's that kind of pain and it's not going away for like months and months, then yeah, that person probably could get operated on. But as far as I've I've read, it's it's very rare that they would operate on it. Yeah. Um, or it could also be the inverse of that too. It could be athletes. It could be that um, an athlete has trashed them, like <laughs> basically built up a bone spur to the point where it's no longer recovering, and they you know they're getting paid to play a a sport professionally, as you said, rich people. Yeah, so, <laughs> um, I guess that. But definitely not something I think you could convince a doctor in Canada to do for you because it's all it's all free healthcare. So they don't like to operate on you. They, no, they like yeah. to. Um, Unless you want to wait for like ten months, then maybe. Even then, man, like a lot. Uh, I think um, for the most part, um, Canadian doctors are hesitant to operate uh, on on anything unless there's like a. You could tell a story of like my life depends on this sort of thing. Yeah. So if you're like a kid who has Osgood Schlatter, they're not gonna Yeah. Do that for you. Not gonna do anything. Yeah. Um, okay, so you came out here for yeah. part of it you were telling me the other day was just like to get away, like to your you just turned twenty? Yeah, I just turned yeah. twenty. Uh about like a month or two ago. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's been uh it's been twenty. I'm. I mean, sorry. I'm. I'm twenty. Uh, <laughs> so part of it was just because you you were living with your family up until that point, right? So this yeah. is like your. It's a huge step, man. And I, I think it's really cool what you're doing. Um, yeah, like it, that's the kind of thing that I. Not like necessarily regret not doing. Um, you know, I try not to have regrets because I'm grateful for a lot of stuff that I've been able to do and where I am right now. But I think going just going way out of one's comfort zone at particularly at that age because you did like uh you did like a year of college right yeah yeah so at that age just maybe maybe even if like if someone uh watching this is like going to college go to college in a different country better yet go somewhere <laughs> where they don't speak the same language uh, yeah because uh, <laughs> i because I, I think it's just like putting yourself in that uh space to adapt i think is really powerful particularly particularly at that like just young adult age um, because you're not going to be in a, a spot at that age really where, um, I feel like money matters as much, like, like built, like we're like building something like, uh, with money, like an entrepreneur, like if you're thinking about being an entrepreneur, um, you don't really need to go all in. I think in your early twenties, I think in your early twenties, you can, you can still be in this phase of just trying to. Develop phone. skill sets or um, character traits or beliefs or whatever, and and I think just putting yourself in a situation where you're like way outside your comfort zone. Like I said, the language thing would be like the next step because then it's yeah. like you're going somewhere where you have to um, 
just learn how to, t- you have to, the only way you're going to pick up a, a second language is, is through communicating with people. And so, yeah, I know. So meeting people. That's part of the fun. Mm. You, you feel like, like when you actually like, like, especially for language learning, you actually mm. feel like you're um, like learning and then you get that nice, like um, serotonin or whatever. <laughs> it feels, it feels good. Right. Um, like my, my plan was actually to move to Taiwan um, because like I speak a little bit of Chinese Hmm. A little bit of Mandarin, um, and I wanted to perfect that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I might maybe. Taiwan's go. got a, Taiwan's got a pretty good parkour scene. Too. Yeah, I've heard, I've mm-hmm. heard. Yeah, um, it also like it looks super pretty and stuff, right? It's a cool place. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to go there to like learn to like finish up my Mandarin because uh, I couldn't finish it because of COVID. Uh, it basically like uh, made us all stop in high school. Mm. I had to choose courses. You know, you know what you could do maybe is, um, cause, cause I know we'll, we'll get into it a bit. Some of the, some of the, I guess, misconceptions or trouble you're having getting things rolling here. But Uh, I, I, I always heard, um, I know when I graduated high school, a lot of friends or friends of friends went to Asian, uh, countries or cities and just taught English. Because mm. if you apparently if you speak it like it, it it never seemed like there was a lot of criteria to do that so yeah that's what I've heard and then if you if you became an English teacher um, then you know you're making some money and then you could just train mm. so I don't I don't know how how easy that would be in this day and age but um, that's the <laughs> <laughs> that could be one thing for you. I'm not that, sure. sounds, that sounds kind of nice. Uh, yeah. So, so right now, so the plan was you uh, walk me through this. What, what was, um, what did you think was going to happen when out here? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I thought the, I just, just from like the work and survival, we'll, we'll get into the parkour okay. stuff in a bit. Got mm. it. Well, I mm. thought I was going to get like a job as a coach. Cause I thought I was like, at this point now, uh, I've done like, I've done coaching certifications. I've worked for you for the past like seven months. It's probably more than that, right? I thought it was over a year. Over a year, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I, I got to clear this. I got to go check check back on the records. But, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, like, well, I, I think it's just you've always been around, so like, yeah. it's hard to figure out like when did you when did you officially become employed versus you know, just, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, no. It's been it's been years, really, because I used to do the volunteer work for you guys. Yeah. 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 Those were good times, actually. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've, I, I assumed that I would be like a special worker or like, uh, what do they call that? Like, um, someone who has like a skill and is going to a new country and they have like a certain name for, I don't know. Don't know. Um, yeah. comments if you know what he's talking about. Yeah. I don't know. Like they have like, they have like visas and stuff for those types of people, like doctors and that sort of thing or whatever. I mean, definitely not on par with a doctor, but I felt like I had a skill and I thought that like me being able to survive in a place that's like very big on parkour would be not too not too hard like a good job as a coach or something like that um but then like the more that my knee started to really bug me I just kind of was like well coaching hurts a lot like even like Renee's a master at it. He doesn't even have to like show demos at this point. He literally just says like, no, wait, wait, wait. you don't got to be a master <laughs> to do that. You just <laughs> yeah. But like, like I, I think it takes some skill. Like if I'm, if I'm feeling like lazy that day, especially mm-hmm. if I'm teaching like five classes in a row mm-hmm. and I want to just like get the people doing their stuff and I show them, everyone's going to be like, Oh yeah, I know what to do mm-hmm. now. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I guess that's just lazy. Yeah. I mean, to, to be fair, I don't know how effective, 
coaching parkour without showing it is. But like one of the things that I absolutely can't show is anytime I coach an advanced class, it's at the end of the day, I'm usually, I'm usually pretty spent. Yeah. Sometimes I missed, I skipped a meal. And so like my energy is just already low and I'm just trying to, just trying to finish up, um, work for the day. Yeah. And yeah, there's just no way I'm going to be able to sh- like, okay, here's the challenges we're going to be working on today. I'm going to go flash them. Like, cause essentially that what, what you're saying is like, uh, and I'd have to flash them, you know, class isn't going to stand around and wait for me to like do preps nah. and things to hit a challenge. Oh. So, um, and the other, the other layer of that too is like, I expect, um, guys in, uh, our advanced classes to get better than me. Right. So, yeah. so I expect them to be able to do things that I can't do eventually. Um, yeah. Imagine having to like demo everything for like Seth, like having to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I've been there and it's just, that's yeah. the thing is, so you start to, you start to like mime stuff and, um, yeah. I don't know, man, so, so much of, uh, coaching parkour has more to do with, uh, the, the environment you create for your students Yeah. so much more than whatever technical cues or knowledge that you think you might be able to impart yeah. because because the way you learn a skill is like trial and error right like e- yeah. even if even if i give you a shortcut to help you a little bit right like oh do your precision jump more like this there's there's so much trial and error required so really um a coach a lot of it just needs to be there understand what the process is going to be like be able to provide um some sort of like encouragement um and also just make the person feel like they can if i tell you you can do something right if you're my student then then uh you have to be able to you have to believe me true yeah <laughs> so if um so if i haven't if you haven't built that trust first then then there's none of that so and i don't think any of that requires really demoing a lot i mean anytime i've been taken out and been on crutches and stuff there's still there's still like positions and stuff i can get into to like illustrate things but yeah i i, I get what you're saying so um Sorry, we went. I went. I took us off on a That's little cool. on a little ride there. Mind if I pause for a second? I yeah. just got like. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I'll just keep stuff. talking to talking <laughs> to, the, to the people here. Yeah. He's got something going on. I got a really bad. He came. Cold, he, guys. <laughs> Holden came over here. The uh, by the way, we can still hear you unless you cover that microphone. Oh, jeez. Holden came over here uh, last night, and he was supposed to meet up with me a bit earlier, but he caught a cold which hopefully i'm not catching him from, from him right now as we're recording this podcast um but i think we were just talking about coaching with injury earlier before we took that break before he stepped out to uh i don't even know what he's doing in there i apologize i'll be back in a sec <laughs> uh, but that's what we're talking about right we're talking about uh we were no we were talking about coaching like coaching with injuries yeah yeah oh, okay yeah. All right. Yeah, because I think you were telling me a story actually at one point where uh, you came in to do a workout uh, one morning and you were like, "I just made my knee way worse last night doing step faults." Oh yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That was that was a bad night. I was. Uh, I thought I would be fine to start training again or whatever uh, to start coaching um, without just giving verbal cues. And I decided to just do a step vault. I didn't even like, I didn't even run into it, didn't jump into it. Like it was barely a step vault. It was literally just a walkover. And uh, then it started to hurt. And I was just like, I was like cursing myself. So annoying, man. Was the, uh, was it the foot that you place on the wall? It, yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's just going through. I've had that too, where it's like you, to do a nice step vault, like you're supposed to be going through like full range of motion. 
right? Yeah. Like you almost sit on your heel. So I could see that totally upsetting your patellar uh, tendon. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't think so. I thought it was the jump itself, the actual mm. load, right? Mm. But I guess I was wrong. Yeah. yeah, anyway, sorry, back to my plan. That, that's mm-hmm. where we were going through. Mm-hmm. It was like plan of what I came here to do. Um, yeah, so uh, knee thing, uh, I thought it was good. Like I, I had some coaching experience. I thought I could get like a job somewhere. Like I tried getting a job in Nova City. Uh, but then again, I put my address on my CV for that as mm-hmm. like in Vancouver. Like I was present. Are they in Vancouver, were they hiring? So. They hiring right now? Yeah, they had like a they put like a post on mm. uh, like Glassdoor. I can I can connect you with Liam. Well, Liam Norbury was at was at the event. Oh, for real? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can put you in touch with him. <laughs> That'd be cool. Yeah. Um, but I think I think uh, okay. So what? So, but now you're finding that not everything is lining up the way you you no. thought it would. It's very, it's very hard. I mean, for one thing, I got the cold. That sucked. I had mm-hmm. like a fever one night. Um, pretty sure, anyway. But what, what are you missing right now? Because you, you came over here on a, was it a visa you had, or what? What's the, oh, what's the yeah. document that you acquired to, to yeah. come over here? Well, I have this, uh, I have this thing that anyone in the Commonwealth can get. It's called a youth mobility scheme. Um, so I think I talked about it on the last podcast too right? yeah but you know in case we don't have uh for all <laughs> yeah. the non-diehard fans out there yeah the holding the bag fans no. <laughs> um but there is a yeah you have to basically like get a brp which is a biometric residency permit like when you get to the uk you have to pick it mm-hmm. up at a post office um and so you're still waiting for that yeah i'm still waiting for that it's way past due when it was supposed to i, I would like had it set for like the 14th do you you need an address for that uh for that no you just you just need the uh address of the um like post place i forget what did i post office post office yeah Yeah. um and um like i've just been trying to i've been taking trips out to the post office because it's way out in haze Mm -hmm. um so that's like on the outskirts of London, and then like okay. I was living like in the, like the center area. You're like staying, and you're staying in hostels right now. Yeah, I've been like hostel hopping, so I just like, whenever there's an opening or whatever is cheapest, I try to go for anything under mm-hmm. like fifteen pounds. Like I just like. Uh, yeah, I don't know what laws are like out here. I, I know in in Vancouver, it's very hard to get a job without an address. Yeah. So is that, is that going to be like the next problem you have to solve? Or you were talking about getting a bank account too. Yeah. So like there's a bunch of stupid hurdles that I have to go through. Uh, so when I get my BRP, I should be able to get a bank account at this, uh, at like Lloyd's. Um, like tell me if I'm wrong, anyone <laughs> watching this. Uh, but they said that they're really good for um, immigrants, people mm-hmm. trying to move here for and technically, I am an immigrant because I have like an immigrant visa or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's uh, it's supposed to be easy for people who have like a BRP, like just the, who have like the ability to work in in the UK. Yeah. Um, but every other bank account, they require you to have an actual address, which has a proof that you're living there. So something like a um, utilities bill or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's of course impossible for me to get unless I start renting. But Here's the catch. (laughs) 
uh, I can't rent either because I need to have a bank account to rent. I have to have a proof of earning, right? Mm -hmm. I have to Mm -hmm. show that I have money going into a bank account. Mm -hmm. So, like, hmm. I don't know if if they really thought about that very much. Well, yes and no. I mean, this is, like I said, it's it's the same in... uh, uh, Vancouver. I was curious when you were leaving if you'd, if you'd kind of done your due diligence. Doesn't quite sound like it. Oh come on! <laughs> Sounds that like you're is. learning some things. Well, yeah, that's true. Um, but uh, I imagine you could. Like one thing you could do is if you can make some friends, you might be able to. Yeah. Get get an address through that way. Um, yeah. If you want to be my friend, and then you're in the UK, yeah, hit me up. Yeah, if you're in the UK, and you want to help out Holden. Uh, by letting him perhaps pay your utility bill for you <laughs> one month <Yeah. laughs> or um, give him a place to sleep. Uh, he can clean. Um, yeah. He can. I'm pretty good at that. He, he, he was pretty decent at parkour not that long ago. <laughs> um, Damn. What else? <laughs> I can cook. I made a yeah. six stir fry. Just yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I saw you chefing away over there. Yeah. Okay, so and that was that was part two, um, I guess, to your um, your travel is like, oh, you know, come out to the UK because the the parkour scene. Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to um, like a little bit naive of me, I guess, but I thought that I would be able to like, you know, train with all the all the big teams and stuff here. I was at a point in my training where I thought I got to a pretty good level, mm-hmm. like I. <laughs> Like Vince, you know Vince, right? He always says like, "Oh, Holden, you're like almost British." Like that's what that's what he always says to me because he's saying like in terms of skill level. And in terms of skill level, because he's funny. saying like the British guys are always the best. <laughs> um, I agree with that. Um, but I wanted to like basically at my level, sort of like a, um, I don't know, like there's people that go to like Thailand from mm-hmm. like America or whatever that just want to get better at like. Muay Thai. Yeah. Like yeah. I saw, like, no, I, I, th- I think it's, I think that's cool. Like another step. Cause I think, yeah. um, Vancouver, like we have a s- very small parkour scene. And yeah. so you can very much be like that's big, thriving, big right? fish, small pond. Right. And so if you do want to not, yeah. you know, iron, iron sharpens iron. Right. So, so if you can go and meet people who are better than you or as good, then, then absolutely you would, you would, um, yeah. continue to improve. And, yeah, I mean, I, I still think you could do that out here. I think it's the wrong time of the year. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's the wrong time of the year for me to be here as well. But, you know, I had I had the, the comp to do. So it's like, all right, well, either uh, I was telling myself I was either going to go right back or I was going to, you know, take this opportunity to um, see some people. The, the seeing people hasn't really worked out so great so far. Um, as, as I mentioned, some of the people that I expected to see out here went to Dubai for the week. <laughs> and I'll be back next week. Um, next leg of my trip is in France, so I think that will work out a little bit better. And then, of course, you know, I got to see some people in uh, in Belgium, and that was all great. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's just a tough time of the year. Um, so I think if you were yeah, here in the summer, you, yeah. there'd probably be more opportunities for you to meet some of the teams and people oh, for sure. that you're talking about. I think there's still like weekend jams that happen in London. It's like the like XL or something. I don't know if you, if you know what I'm talking about. Leave leave, leave a comment. Um, try to get the, the intel on that. But I think there's like an XL something. 
jam that that uh, that happens in London. I know I saw a video at of a jam happening at IMAX a couple weeks ago. So, so there are people out doing it. You know what I've noticed it's out here to too? Know. Like it does rain as it does rain. Like it is cloudy and stuff. But I haven't I haven't felt like a, a rain all day sort of like downpour yeah. type of thing that we get in Vancouver. Where like in Vancouver mm-hmm. it can it can be wet for 30 days straight with like no break. Yeah. Like no chance of anything yeah, getting dry. Whereas like here so far, and of course, if you're, if you're a local to, to the UK, you're probably going to disagree with me in the comments, but it just seems like there's like a point in each day where it actually gets dry enough to, yeah. to stick to things. So true. It's not too bad. Yeah. I mean, it does get pretty cold here though. And it stays like cold. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the one problem. I don't know. It's, it was snowing in Vancouver last week. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> we left. Uh, we left right in the right at the right time. Yeah. Yeah. It usually great. like warms up a bit in January and then it drops again. It's kind of it's yeah. kind of weird that way. The last couple of years. It's very strange. Yeah. Um, should we talk about the Hal Five conversation? Yeah, I think I think we should move on to that. Um, so, you were originally coming to compete in speed. Yeah, and skill. Having oh, and skill. Yeah. Okay, having not competed in in those two things. Um, without um, pumping your own wheels too much, uh, how did you feel about? We'll start with skill. Like, how did you feel about the level of challenges? Do you like how? How do you feel like you would have done if you were healthier? Oh, I would have destroyed it. I would have done like all <laughs> of them. Like, yeah, Oliver Thorpe would have beaten you so easy. Nah, I'm joking. That that was really good, by the way. You guys all did great. Uh, those were pretty hard challenges. I'll admit. Um, like, I think. The top guy only got like four out of five, right? Yeah, that was in the in the time round. So in, in the community yeah. round, um, there were actually several athletes that finished all nine. Which which of the nine, if you can remember, did you see anything that you thought like mm, that might give me a little bit of trouble? Uh, the Kong to pull cat, that mm-hmm. one was tough. Um, that was surprising because I remember uh, Dylan actually set that one, and it was intended to be kind of one of the easier ones um we, at least more straightforward right it's just concat but it is like two structures where it's like okay you have precise takeoff precise landing yeah um i think i think people tend to avoid those two movements particularly in that combination so i think people tend to avoid rail kongs more than they do like wall kongs mm. and they tend to avoid um pole cats obviously then catting anything else and so you combine those two things and i think it was ian fortuna was like it was the last challenge he had to do and he said he said this is my nightmare but (laughs) but the distance and everything and if you're you know familiar with the skill i think there's i'm pretty sure there were a couple athletes that like one bang that one yeah i mean like if you if you have the skill like Mm -hmm. already in the bag but and it doesn't take like any extra effort right then yeah of course they Mm -hmm. got it like what what did you think of the big skinny cat Big skinny cat. Um, yeah, so I, I, that was that was one that I set. That I just I came in and I, I wanted there to be a cat leap or arm arm jump arm jump as they say out here. Uh, yeah. I wanted there to be a, a big challenge in in that realm, uh, and so I was just looking around the gym and then I found that one, um, which was like an off access jump to like a skinny thing. So. Um, it's not like like you're not gonna. It's not skinny that you're gonna miss it, but skinny that. You have to make sure both feet land in like one on top, one basically stacked on top of each other. And then I think most athletes had to do it with like a corner grab instead of a 
a yeah. two-hand on top. But I measured it out, and it was like it was like twelve and a half feet, with but and not level, like slightly up. So I knew that from like a, a power standpoint, that a lot of athletes could hit it. Yeah, I mean, like when uh, Kevin, like he hit that uh, on the last, like his last attempt, mm-hmm. like last few seconds or whatever. Mm-hmm. That was hype. Everyone thought it was like really hype and stuff, but it did look like it did look like it was close to max. Like it did mm-hmm. look. It did look I don't big. think I don't think it would have been close to max at all for you. Yeah. For me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Well, I mean, I don't you said it looked close to max when Kevin did it. I think so. Yeah, I don't think he's a massive standing jumper. Oh. Um Yeah, that's a little Yeah, more. I don't I don't know. I'd have to see him do some more stuff to get kind of a read on that, but yeah. but I think it was just kind of kind of grim. Like I, we did see a couple of athletes like slide down or peel out on it. So, I think if anything it just was like one of those challenges where you look at it and it's the same thing as like doing a pole cat. You look at it and like, what makes you not want to do a pole cat? You start thinking about slightly missing and not necessarily the impact on your body, but the impact on like, just like your shins or oh. like your, you know, or pulling things, an yeah, just things, things like that where, where you might, um, you might take a little bit of damage and, and then the brain just doesn't want to do that. Um, plus it was like, it was up high too, yeah. right? Like it's True. the takeoff was like probably, Oh, probably like an eight and a half foot wall. Right. So yeah, it wasn't, um, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't nice. That's for yeah. sure. And then in the time round, so you were saying like, um, yeah, I think, I think the time round, I think you would have been able to handle most of them. There was that one that only, uh, Ramon did, <laughs> which was, um, that upward stride, and then you have to plyo into a dive kong into a cat. Oof. And I think the hard thing about that one was the lack of approach. We almost actually um, built an added takeoff for that one because we weren't sure if um, people were going to be able to get enough power on that short approach. So, but it, it got done. Um, but I think that's what stopped a lot of athletes, though, because we saw, like, even, like, Geo, like, he just wasn't able to get it. He was able to do the first jump and stick it, but you needed to plyo forward into a dive kong. Yeah. And I just don't think a lot of athletes really had the legs for that one. Yeah, I uh, I feel like someone like Daryl or Nathan, they would mm. be able to hit that one pretty good because they, mm. got, they got a lot of power from, like, very little. Right, yeah right, yeah so. it's a, it's still it's like an upward stride though like that wall was the wall you're taking off of is like just below hip height so it's like a pretty big like step up and then you're jumping up and then going into that plyo and so yeah that so you gotta, seemed to be the hardest part yeah so you gotta have like the long legs plus you have to be able to develop power out of like very little right? yeah yeah so that's yeah. that's a hard combo okay and then yeah. Speed, um, yeah. So we had kind of we kind of had a mission going into this one that, uh, and it wasn't the easiest gym to do this in because the ceilings are a bit lower. There's beams and stuff, but there are actually some like higher structures. But the mission was basically like, okay, we need to get these folks doing um, at least in the men's courses. We needed to have them have them ascending stuff, have them doing have them doing some climbs. Yeah. And so each course did have, like the first one started with a bit of a climb. The second one, or then, and then later in that course, there was like this midsection 
where they have their slanted wall and there was there was just a bunch of bars and things and so many different routes but i think the the guys managed to do more of like a a plyo up to uh to like a kong sort of variation so there was only really that first there was only really that first climb in the first course and the second one had the bigger one where like they had this this funky tower um that has like I guess some some bars or structures built into it that you can like do descent work with, yeah. um, and so we had we had all the athletes climb up the um, including the women we had them climb up the back of that one um, just to make sure that that was included because I think it's really easy to to design speed courses where it's it's just a leg man's game like it's just <laughs> if yeah. you're a if you're a leg person if you have hops then that's like your almost like your key to victory and it still is even if um there's a sense because you like a what makes a high wall run is a is a good jump right yeah um and so you can set yourself up for an easier climb with a good wall run but um i guess first of all what what did you think was the um uh what do you think of the difficulty level of the courses i thought they were um i mean someone like uh sorry uh, someone like uh, uh, Joe Hendo, or um, actually, I think that this one is definitely more geared towards like Brody, like Brody Possum. Hmm. Like both of them were because he's got like incredible yeah. fast climbs. Yeah, right? I could see that. Um, yeah, I could see him through that mid section of the first, and then at the end, there was like that series of gaps at the end of the first course that I yeah. think he would have probably hit faster than anyone yeah honestly though i didn't think anyone like everyone had the leg strength right mm-hmm. that was that's kind of like the european thing mm-hmm. most of the time right uh, but i don't think anyone had the upper body slash like climbing strength that you see um like uh from people like brody possum or dylan possum or those guys right mm. uh, and i think that's what would have made them a little bit better because i remember like every single person that went to the climb, right? It was like, um, they all kind of, that's where they kind of slipped up, right? For Are you talking about part. the first or second course? Uh, mostly the second course. Mm. But the first course did have a couple of people slip up too. Mm. Um, so I think like someone, um, like they should probably work more on climbs. But then again, like I shouldn't be saying anything because I didn't do it anyway. <laughs> um but if I were to do it myself, uh, I think that that part would be something I'd be a bit better at. Um, mm. Strides and jumps and that sort of thing, it's like, um, I mean, I guess they're like pretty average, maybe a bit more than average. But like when it comes to climbs, that's uh, more my forte. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that I would do better at that part specifically. Yeah, so we had two like standout um uh, performers, and I guess I'll add a, a third one to this too um, from the women's division. Uh, so we had uh, Tangi Shingen uh, from oh, Sweden. I th- no, no, that's wrong. I think it's Netherlands. He's from Jump Free Run. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not from Sweden. <laughs> um, Tangi Shingen, um, uh, Javier uh, Alvarez, who oh, yeah. originally is from Mexico, but I think he lives in Spain now, and then. Uh, also Miranda Tibling. Yeah. The thing these three athletes all have in common is they they have uh, done very well in fig competitions where there's not a lot of 
ascending, but it is a lot of like dropping and, and leg work and just, just having the, having the more like powerful, like leg motor. Um, but those were our, those were our top finishers. So yeah, those were like first and second place, um, in both divisions. So, uh, I think part of that is that they're probably a little more geared to speed, maybe, maybe not in their training, but I, I could see, uh, 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 tangy, tangy yeah. um, probably with his coaches training speed um, Miranda I'm not so sure and, and um, uh, Javier I'm not so sure but but they at least have that competition experience and so they're used to like route planning like they've had to even though the the fig courses are like really like just like a straight line there's still some route planning and um, decision making involved Yeah, and yeah it seemed like there was just my my take on the speed divisions is it seemed like there were a lot of athletes that were missing strategy, missing like key strategy points. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I think if you're, I think in America too, there's like a lot more, a lot more athletes that are competing in speed comps more often and, and finding those strategies. Um, mm. Also, like, as you mentioned, like Brody Pawson, um, Joseph Henderson's a great strategist too, like understands how to use his footwork the best, right? Things like this. Yeah. Um, Cause even the, uh, the winning competitor, like I didn't see a flawless run. Uh, I thought I did um, because in comparison to the other competitors, like um, in that first course, Tangi was like two seconds faster almost than everybody. Yeah. And so my initial impression was like, oh, he had a flawless run. Then I went back and watched it and I was like, oh, he took a whole bunch of extra steps there. And then, yeah. um, you know, he, he chose this at the end instead of um, like he had a, he had like a running plyo takeoff for one of the jumps at the end. And so like, yeah, there were, there were a couple points where I think he, you know, even being two seconds faster than everybody else, it's almost like he, with some little adjustments and just footwork, it seemed like he could have even shaved like a whole second off of that time. Yeah. Do you think like, um, uh, like Javier, Javier or Javier? Okay. Um, his first part of the second run, I think was better than Tangy's. Like his first part. Yeah. Yeah. You were showing me, we were looking at the videos. Yeah. I think that it was, I think it was faster. So if you combine the runs, like the (laughs) last part of Tangy's run and then the first part of Javier's, Javier's run, yeah. Um, it would be like a perfect run. That, mm. That's what I think would be a perfect run. So, mm. um, but yeah, they, they both did great. They, they, I think I think everyone did pretty cool. But that underbar, mm-hmm. that underbar, I think looks so sick and it was fast. Oh, so, in the second course, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was torn between that and the. Uh, some of them were doing like a duck precision underneath. Um, it just looked gross. Uh, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't look cool. But as you know, like for speed, sometimes that's, sometimes that's the way you gotta do it. I think the underbar allowed an athlete to um, not slow down because yeah. if you're doing that duck pre, you had to actually slow down a bit to to uh, to do that. But if you did the underbar, um, people <laughs> we're getting into like very specific parts of the course in <laughs> this conversation. Yeah. It's like sorry if you're lost. Like um, yeah, you almost need to be pulling up clips. Um, I'll try to I'll try to link to. Um, some of the athletes runs in the, in the comment or the description here. So you can pull that up if you're watching on YouTube. Um, but yeah, uh, I think the underbar just came down to, um, uh, anytime there's a swing or a, a grab on a bar in a course, it's all about, um, one, like what are the alternatives? If there's yeah. an alternative that might be as fast, it probably is faster. And, uh, in this one, they were like very close. And I think it just came down to if you could get off the bar fast enough, like if you were like really pulling for a long time, then it would slow you down. But 
anyone that was able to get off the bar fast enough, it, it may have actually been the faster route. Yeah. What if you, what if someone did like a, sounds very strange, but what if they just like a coil? Just like go through that hole? Yeah. I don't know, man. Well, that's almost what the duck pre was. Um, it's just that, that they were landing on a box since you had to clear the rest of the box too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you could actually like dive through that space. That would be cool. It seems crazy. Yeah. It would be, it would seems be crazy. Cool. It seems, that seems like not a thing. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. But it's like, I guess that must've been hard for you though. Cause you're watching like everybody run this course and you, you don't even get to try some of the strategies that you would have liked to yeah. employ. Yeah. It kind of sucked. But, um, <laughs> Sorry, uh, right. hmm. I find my like when I can't actually train. Um, like I used to teach the speed class over mm-hmm. at Origins. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my favorite class of all times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to make these like um, speed monthly speed courses. Like I did, it, I did it twice before. Mm-hmm. Like I had to leave, um, and uh, like. That's that's what I get a lot of joy out of. I, I really enjoy making speed mm-hmm. courses. I think it's fun. If like I could get a job doing speed courses, that would be like that'd be great because then I don't have to actually do it myself. I just think, oh, that would look cool, yeah. right? And then I get Carson or whatever to test it out for me. Um, <laughs> yeah. If you guys don't know, Carson's just like guy at Origins. He's kind of a kamikaze. Just goes for everything. <laughs> um, he is the sendiest kid. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I so so we uh, we talked about men's skill a little bit. We didn't talk about women's skill yet. Uh, oh, yeah. Really, really great turnout for that. Uh, lots of um, super high level ladies, and we ended up qualifying four of them because there was a tie. Same thing happened in uh, uh, men's skill. Usually, when we get to like our final competition for SPL, there's there's enough rounds that we can get rid of ties. <laughs> yeah. But but it wasn't the case this time, and we just we liked. We liked every one of those top fours, so we put them all through. Um, but uh, I guess like the the thing about like men's and women's speed is is I felt like the the Europeans at least just aren't as good as what we've seen going to like American regionals. That was kind of my takeaway, and I, I think it's just because there's yeah. there's a bit Oof. more specific speed yeah. practice. And I'm trying not to take away anything from because it from uh, European athletes because I think it just comes down to strategy. I think it comes down to actually getting reps in, practicing courses, and understanding understanding like how you're creating a line with reduced steps and and understanding like what movements are are technically faster than others. And so, as I said, like the the athletes that did have some experience competing on like well like world stages too like they they're the ones that really showed up um but um yeah everyone like there were just a lot of big name people that just made really like poor decisions i felt like during during some of the runs it's just not how they train yeah well it's like um i remember we had this like criticism probably to this day where people were telling us that we should add another style event um, so we had like three rounds of style, like, you know, um, so like lines and then big trick, yeah. but they were like, add another style event for blank. Like that's maybe separate only, uh, like only, uh, uh, big trick and only, uh, lines. Problems with that is like, then we have like another podium and extra prize money. So that would suck. But also like the, the correction I would give is that speed is actually not, um, cause they were saying there, there's two events for parkour and one events for like 
for freestyle athletes or free running as yeah. some people still mistakenly say. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, I would always say like, well, no, speed is actually not parkour because we don't do like it's not part of like a street culture. It's not part of like uh, current, current. Well, like n- yeah. now, like, you know, like some some newer um, younger athletes like yourself are starting to make that a thing where like you you like you go to spots and you'll mark out like speed courses that can be done at spots yeah and that's really cool um hendo before he kind of fell off the face of the earth for a bit um was doing like his uh like his speed challenge videos those those are really cool too where they were always outside and there were courses that he would do against other athletes he did that yeah they were there is a great vlog series on storm if you go back i think it's called like the hendo speed challenge or oh yeah he did or something flasky. but yeah yeah, he did one with uh, Pedro Salgado, I think. Um, yeah, that was a really cool thing, um, and it's and it's funny because like you know the the uh, the roots of parkour always talk about A to B and fast and efficiency, and we just never really do it. We're more on like trying to find if you're still like more traditional in your practice, like someone like me, I'm I'm trying to find uh, sometimes speed lines, but also just you know different ways to jump. Like a, a swing is a jump, a vault is a jump. Um, there's different ways to jump and clear gaps and different ways to land. Um, there's so many things you can do without getting inverted or, or really doing like things that are clearly considered tricks. Um, there's still much, there's, there's a lot of um, trickery that you can still do within the parkour realm that isn't efficient. Um, it, don't, it would only be efficient if you found like the perfect scenario to, to do it in. Well, yeah, that's, um, I mean, that's what the flags are for, right? They, they help yeah. to force certain actions like choke points and that sort of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so what we really, like, to make it part of the culture, what we need to do is find a way for people to practice it, like, outside mm-hmm. and be able to practice it whenever they want, right? So, like, one way that I found that we could do that, I mean, it, it would take a lot of work, but... Having like making speed courses and having it be like a like a known thing, right? Like, um, well, there's one in there's one in like London. That. I saw you took a yeah, photo yeah, at that yeah, spot. Yeah, that one. What do they call that spot? Um, oh, I remember the name. Uh, it's it's the name of like the. Uh, it's a series of brick walls. Yeah, it's mm. it's a it's a really cool speed course actually. It's very straightforward and it's like like if I were to have to use the flags or whatever, it's like very straightforward like there's a yellow flag mm-hmm. right here red flag right yeah. here it's like don't go around the walls go over them <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's yeah. really simple to do mm-hmm. uh but the problem is of course we can't bring flags everywhere and just leave them mm-hmm. up right so you need to have like a there's got to be another system for people to you're gonna do have that, to right? design an app well you have I mean, to get into app design so that you can go it could be like augmented reality like you go to a spot you hold up your phone and like a bunch sick. of like flags and stuff that would appear be sick, yeah. in front of you and then some sort of timing system to go with that yeah i'm sure there's like a another genius parker kid out there that that knows how to it's like i could design an app to do that <laughs> yeah i had um like there you, if you guys know like the city legends app um i think that thing is i sick. wasn't aware of this you just brought me on so, so yeah. city legends because yeah. um the last place i went to where they had a spot map uh was calgary so they and they use um I can't remember the name. I think it's jump something um, or something jump uh, is an, it's like an old, it's an app that's been around for a while for, for um, marking spots. And then in Brighton, there's like a Google map uh, that, that Tom Taylor started, but you showed me this other thing. This city legends that I'd never heard of. Yeah. So, um, sorry, but if I get, (laughs) 
Just you're just having nosebleeds on uh, on STS here. I'm sorry. It's really dry out here. I was just telling. <laughs> really drier than Vancouver. I have dandruff for like the first time in my life out here in the UK. Um, could have, it may have started in Belgium though. I'm not sure. Uh, but yeah, City Legends. He put me onto this this app yesterday. He was showing me. It doesn't. It's not really used that much. I think it has a cool name. Started. I don't know. Is yeah. is City Legends? Is it? Um, is it exclusively Sorry. like a parkour app? It's for like parkour, BMX, skateboarding. All okay, so stuff, it's an yeah. existing. Yeah. That's kind of cool too. Yeah, it's like that, for, that, um, that makes more sense. So like if it's a if it's like existing skateboarding or like other street sports yeah. app, then it's probably fleshed out more than the other oh, one. Because yeah. you were saying like you could put videos on it. So well, I think you can do that with the other one that I'm think that I'm the name is is uh, escaping me at the moment. But yeah. but I think you can do it on that one too. Yeah, it's the. Uh, I mean, this one is like. Um, it's it's really cool. It's really easy to use, um, mm-hmm. and it's basically like Pokemon Go, but for like parkour. And mm-hmm. that's what I like so much about it. It reminds me of like video games, like Mirror's Edge or something like that, right? Um, so right now they have like challenges. Like you go, like you just upload a clip of what you did. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I haven't figured out a way to use it for speed courses, and that's what I'm trying to do. I, I want to be able to like use it and then have it specific, like make enough rules and enough explanation to have speed courses like throughout a city or whatever right wouldn't it just be like you could use the same app but you could put a video of you running the course or someone running the course and then just put a description yeah that's what i was thinking but then i just remember carson i was like Mm -hmm. yeah someone's gonna find some loophole well actually the other thing you do i mean there's enough like I bet on on I could do this on Adobe Premiere for example I could yeah. uh, just just with keyframing so just taking little images and keyframing I could film a video running a, a line and then put like flags on walls and stuff like that using keyframes it would just be like yeah. kind of tedious um, and there's probably there's probably an app that can do something similar with like images where you can just touch it with your finger on a phone and it will like stick to something like you know when you're using um selfie uh what are they the filters yeah whatever where it's like it puts sunglasses on your face yeah like Like, that's like way more sophisticated than putting like dots on walls or stuff like that so so i'm sure there's a way could be done or could be added to added as a feature on an app like that i guess the app just needs to find a way to make more money i don't know if it's if it's like a super popular app or not I think it's doing pretty good. It's mm. it's more popular in Europe, like especially in Netherlands and mm-hmm. like Germany sort of area. Yeah, they right. they like it a lot. Um, um, but like Team Fat, they endorse it, mm-hmm. um, and uh, like a couple other people I know. I wonder if they have a sponsorship going. Oh, they they do. Yeah, oh, they okay. have a sponsorship. Oh. Yeah. There you go. So right on. Um, okay, so last thing we haven't talked about here is uh, speed, or <laughs> we talked about speed style. Style, um, which was an incredible turnout. I think that was like the most talent out of the entire event where everyone who was competing in style in the women's division, you had Elise Bickley, you had Noah Diorgina. In uh, the men's division, you had Alice Torhall. (laughs) Uh, And Kevin Franzen. 
Um, and then just a bunch, like just list two of like unknowns or people that don't normally compete in speed in, in both divisions also. Yeah. So you had like Gio Bartolucci, you had Miranda Tibling who uh, qualified. She, she does speed competitions, but I know it's not like her um, favorite thing to compete in. Um, you had Jaco Tumbalani who, who missed his opportunity because he missed a train, missed his opportunity to compete in skill, oh, but he did style and threw down. Uh, it was we have so much footage to go through. Like I'm going to be editing, um, uh, co-editing a, a, a highlight reel while I'm out here. And yeah, yeah just th- there's just so many moments from, from style to go through. But having said that, um, what was your biggest takeaway or the thing that stands out to you the most from the style competitions? European style is better. that's that's what i think i think like the style Mm. culture here in europe is just crazy and i think Mm. like the best of the best is here i definitely saw some better like line composition although we did make that clear to athletes that that was like a criteria but i definitely saw some better not perfect i am getting uh if i have one critique for style lines and it drives me crazy is the the i'm gonna say misuse of uh ground movements so gallops, ground kongs, hip rolls, somersaults, and shoulder rolls, they're kind of used in a way to just cover space. So someone will land something, like stomp it, and then use one of those movements to just move like four feet. And, it's, and I just think like, well, you could just take a step. Um, I, would, I, would, I, would, I would, to give them credit, I would say it's harder to do one of those movements than to take a step. Like it's harder to roll and then get up onto your next structure and it's harder to do a gallop or a ground calling and get up to your next structure. It is a little bit harder, um, but it has like a weird aesthetic yeah. um, where I see, it's like especially if someone does something like, I don't know, a low cast and then somersaults on the ground to something else. It's just, it just has this super weird aesthetic to it that, that has developed over the last few years because uh, connection and flow became such an important decider of of style lines, and so I am I am getting more and more sick of it as time goes on. Um, yeah, and I, well, the answer is well, the, how do you change it? So, yeah. yeah. So the solution for me, and I think this is a hard thing for a lot of style athletes to accept, is they have to realize that certain movements don't go with other movements, and so I think a lot of style line planning happens like I want to do a banger here. And I want to do a banger on the course way over there um, instead of you, instead of just making a choice, like making a hard choice. I think Kevin Franzen might have been one of the only athletes that I see really making these choices where it's like you do your move and then you you do your move, you land and then you see what's next and you see what's next. And sometimes and this is always something that gets exciting to me and I don't even I don't even do like big tricks or anything. I just do, you know, more, more traditional parkour. But when I, when I actually do, I'm at a spot and I do like, for me, a big move here and a big move over here, just as I'm warming up and feeling out the spot. And then at a certain point, I realize that I can connect them. I realize that there's like a considerate and um, logical movement that fits in between or footwork that fits in between and that's that's like just truly exciting for me when that happens because because then it's like i got a line whereas if i just forced things together it doesn't 
it doesn't do it for me. It doesn't do it for me. And, and, and you're left with doing a lot of these now, now either, either taking, taking weird steps in between things or doing weird ground movements. And so, yeah. um, I'm being hypercritical now of, um, of style. Cause, cause really I was still absolutely blown away by just like, um, again, the, the composition was better. It was a lot better. Um, than, than what I've seen at past re regional competitions in past years. And the, the level of that, that we were able to get out here. Um, but then again, you're pulling from multiple countries, you're pulling from a bigger population. So to compare it to America, it's a, it's a little bit, a little bit unfair, I think, cause there's just, there's just yeah. way more people doing parkour out here. So you're going to get more people. Well, yeah, but we also, up. we also said like the Americans are better at speed and skill. So. That is true. Yeah. That's true. I did just say that yeah. moments ago. <laughs> um, I have a cool idea, like mm. just weird things spitball out there. Um, you, you've done like the combo thing where they have to do like a few move combo, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. Um, what if you give them like, now this is like, I, I've not thought about this nearly enough, but like. <laughs> Uh, what if you had like cool ideas getting less cool the more you think about it? <laughs> Sorry, um, you have like like they have their time limit like they always do for competition, but then you say like they can do either like combo or they could just do big tricks. So it's kind of like so they basically walk to their next area and then they mm -hmm. do a trick. And if they can combo that in directly into another move, then they can. Right, it's interesting. So then they don't have to like connect everything. They just like walk up and say, well, I'm going to do this. That's why we did right? the combo round. Cause the idea was like doing three separate combos. Yeah. And, and in my mind, when we had two rounds that were just lines and then big tricks. So all the athletes have like, they, have, they, they probably have their, the hardest move they can do in, in the gym, in their mind. Okay. So that's their big trick. Yeah. Then they have to make two lines. And the problem with lines is that the, the spot or the area given or some of the other moves you choose don't work with each other, which ends up with poor line composition or poor connection. You just have like filler connection instead of connection that makes sense. And it's not their fault either. Mm. Like they can't like, well, you're trying to play the game. You're like, I still got to have all these difficult moves in here. Right. Um, so, so the solution why, why I felt that um, combos were a solution is it gives athletes another opportunity to do hard things um, that don't need to be all linked together. Like you still got to link the, the two or three move combo, yeah. but you don't have to make like a whole line out of it. Yeah. I, I like that. I think like there was, um, uh, one of the names I got wrong, Milos, Milos. Um, can't remember his last name. Cause I, I just, we just sent out, uh, clips, athlete clips. They got, they got clips of their, um, performances. Cause we had someone on a, <clears throat> on an iPhone the whole time, making sure that everyone got a clip so that we didn't have to have people's friends running onto the course and trying to get clips for everybody. Yeah. That still happened, of course, but, yeah, um, but it was, it was, that happened less than it normally does. Uh, but anyways, um, I, I lost track of some of the names for men's style clips. So I miss, uh, mislabeled Milos's clip. Um, but I was so impressed with, um, this, he had a very short line, but the start of his line, he did this super clean Kong gainer, uh, Kong up into, into Castaway. And it was just so nice. That was such a nice combo, such a nice sequence. Unfortunately, his, his line ended one move after that. Um, but, and I think that's why he didn't score super high, but that combo was just like super nice. Um, and, uh, that's, that's the kind of thing we want to see more of is, um, just a tight, like just what I described there. Kong gainer, 
plyometric Kong up and and then another plyometric um, uh, castaway. So super nice. Yeah, combo. It's like mm-hmm. it's, it's got to be a combo, like a line. I don't know. Like if I were to do a style comp, mm-hmm. uh, what I would probably do is I would do my combo or my big trick or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would like, I don't know, hype up the crowd a little bit, walk over to my next stage, <laughs> then do my yeah. next combo. Yeah. Right. That's, that's what yeah. I would think. Uh, Cause like people are getting hyped and stuff mm-hmm. and they're seeing like, like I'm doing, I'm preparing for a really hard trick or whatever. Right. Um, and then it doesn't have the awkward connection. Right. Yeah. So that's what yeah. I would do anyway. Well, I don't know. I, I think I would either, I would like to see less of the ground moves where they don't matter, where they're just yeah. in place of taking a step. Yeah, I, w- I would just like to see athletes just go back to taking steps because, um, assuming assuming the uh, judges are aware that both of those options aren't really that different, as I said, take, taking a ground move because it, it you change your level and it disorients you a bit. Um, it is slightly more difficult, but it just it looks really lame, um, and a lot of times, a lot of times it just looks really lame. Not all the time. Sometimes those moves really work um, in in sequences, just when they're when they're forced because you're trying to cover six feet of ground, it's just, it's just kind of lame sometimes. Yeah. So I'd like to see athletes just go back to, if, if they're doing it just because they're trying to link together some hard moves, just take the steps. So yeah. I'd like to see them go back to just taking the steps. I think we've, I think we've corrected something in parkour um, in freestyle lines with, with those connections. I think we've tried to correct something by creating more flow, but it's, it's a correction in the wrong direction. The, the real correction that I tried to talk about earlier was just really making sure the moves actually fit together by making hard choices about, oh, maybe I can't fit all my banger moves in here. Maybe I have to do something different. Um, that could be the case. Um, but yeah, I, th- I, think, I think it's just a weird correction that, that we've culturally made in competitions and it yeah. just doesn't, doesn't, look, doesn't, doesn't look great to me. Um, but hey, some people out there might might be disagreeing with me. Um, as always, please leave us a comment if you if you feel otherwise. If you think I'm yeah. I'm totally in the wrong here, um, um, particularly when it comes to SPL, because SPL is is for the culture. We are trying to um, make competitions that reflect the culture and and that athletes have fun competing in and that are also exciting to watch. So, True. Um, speaking of competitions for the culture, um, last night you watched. Kings of the Concrete. Oh yeah, yeah, that was fun. Um, yeah, well, I got to see it because Renee had it on his laptop. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, I really liked it. Uh, Renee thinks that there's a, a few issues, <laughs> but um, I liked I liked it a lot because I went into it blind. I didn't even know what was going on. Um, but like. Uh, after just watching like Ellis Storhall in the previous competition, then getting to see him in the Kings of Concrete, I was like, "Damn, yeah, I, I've seen that guy. He's uh, it's like it's cool." And I, I was like rooting for him and stuff. Um, and then that giant like lash, I, like should I? Can I give it away? Or? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. I don't think it it uh, yeah. particularly talk about it in words. Yeah. I think anyone who hasn't bought it now is not going to buy it. Anyways, it's been like a week. Mm. Anyway, the flyaway pre should have won best trick. Uh, like mm-hmm. Alice Torhall definitely deserved to win. There was, cor- was a cork zero, which was uh, particularly this is like, yeah, this is almost a year ago, and so that was quite like no one else could do that at that time. Right? Whereas I think oh, yeah. numerous people could do flyaway pre's. However, that flyaway pre, like I, I walked it out, and I think it was like over ten feet. 
Yeah, that's yeah. that's nutty. I don't know. <laughs> that's that's just crazy. And he's done bigger ones since um, Alice has, and like oh, higher yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah, like the uh, so. not even the flyaway pre's, but he's done like the mm. uh, what, what what I don't even know what they call that with mm. the side flip. Like he goes uh, like lash in swings. And side flip. I don't know. I don't know what actually is yeah. the uh, universal term for a swing side flip. Yeah. Um, but Maybe it looks cool. Yeah. It looks cool. He's done massive pre's with that. Yeah. Too. Um, the, Kevin Franzen was also telling me that that he apparently, um, hopefully I'm not misquoting here or misunderstanding, but what I understood from what he told me is that that Ellis did not actually prep the flyaway pre. That he did it for the first time in the competition. So so he did the lache, but he didn't actually do the flyaway pre. And that that's crazy. Uh, he's such that kid is such a tank. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Just nutty on a different level than like yeah. He just really he really seems to just want to always take things to another level and like perform yeah. at his best and and he does it, man. He's like I don't know like uh, he's he's built like a gymnast, mm-hmm. but he's in parkour, so he's like like he's got the strength to do pretty much mm-hmm. anything like a gymnast can do, but he's like doing parkour instead. And Mm -hmm. I think that's what's so sick is like, like parkour guys, um, we do what we kind of like, what we have to do or whatever. Like, like you'll go up to a wall and you'll just practice that. Um, but he's just got a different strength to just show off like bigger and more powerful moves that you don't see often in parkour. And I think that's like, it's very different than a lot of other people in Europe, especially. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe Ed Scott, Ed Scott's got similar style to that. Um, Yeah. Ellis just has a a uh, a level of difficulty that it doesn't seem like anyone else is hitting. There's there's different there's different areas of progression. There's things like Tom has talked about where it's progressing with different accesses, and um, uh, we even talked about pr- uh, progressing with different structures. You know, taking various moves to railings and and whatever you can find like whatever whatever is not just like a box or a or a wall right um and so that's another area of progression is like variety and structure and then you have like variety and contortion and then you have the other side of it which is ellis who's like well you know no one really ever does triple flyaways (laughs) (laughs) or um uh or double um double swing cast in, in competition so um, yeah, and I just think he has this this tier of difficulty that that no one else seems to be able to hit. I think he's he's just definitely like ahead on that. And so, um, yeah, I don't know. I think he's an easy favorite to win the whole thing this this year. Yeah. I think most people would would agree. Um, he doesn't have perfect uh, line composition or connection, um, and so depending on yeah, depending on someone else's ability to really dial that in, I could see that winning a round. But I, I just think he's, I think the format we have is so built for him too because combo round, you yeah. know he's going to do three bangers. It's you know his line gorgeous, is going to yeah. be, you know, still also like one of the hardest lines um, yeah. easily. He's going to be throwing the hardest things in his line whether or not he connects it well. Um, and then big trick, he's going to... Um, I don't know. Maybe do triple flyaway. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Quad fly, flyaway. Quad flyaway. That'd yeah. be crazy. I'm just like thinking, like our bar, our our bars at the gym high enough to. We got that one in the middle that. Um, yeah. Um, that's like a, 
nine and a half foot bar, and I'd say that's probably the one. This cow if he was going to do a, no, 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 the the nine and a half foot one. It's like right in the middle oh, of the kingdom. Oh yeah, 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 okay. yeah. yeah. Um, but it's like a narrow landing space. But if you're doing a triple flyaway, you don't need you don't need to worry about your sides. It's just straightforward. Yeah. Um, Ooh, yeah. Uh, there was another athlete that I wanted to talk about mm. from the competition. Is uh, the guy with the dreads. Uh, so you're talking about uh, we're going back to Belgium? Yeah, back to okay. Belgium. Yeah, sorry. I should have mentioned that. Mm. Um, Shirai? Yeah. Yeah. Guys, uh, he was like my favorite. Oh, like, he was doing some cool stuff. Yeah, yeah he I'm, was I'm, so cool. I was happy to see him on podium. I also really liked um, Ellis's friend, uh, Marcus Nilsson. Um, he did some really unique um, air form tricks, so like really unique accesses and grabs. And then he also did this one on the first course um, where he like he popped a backflip out of it, um, and that was like and so just to do it from that height and then pop. He's also the one that like touched like the high beam, so he he just had moments in his lines where I was like, damn, like he he was. Um, there's so much surprise, yeah, um, from his his style, and so I was kind of sad he didn't um, make it up there, but um, but yeah, Shirai also also absolutely killed it. So he did some really unique things as well. Yeah. Um, Going back to Kings of the Concrete, um, I also, uh, you hadn't heard of Nene before, I don't think. No, I haven't, yeah. And so Nene, I've been following her for a while and uh, met her at Kings of the Concrete and was like, you're coming to Vancouver, right? And that didn't work out. Oh. <laughs> um, at the time, she was like super excited about it. And I think we're going to see her this year. But um, last year, I think I think she went to For the Love. I think that's why. I think she went to For the Love instead. So um, I was super stoked at the event to see her get the W. Um and, um, yeah, I think she, uh, her, her and Elise, um, different styles, kind of same level of difficulty. And I think it's going to be between the two of them at, um, SPL two. Um, but, uh, Elise actually had to pull out of Kings of the Concrete because she got heat stroke. So she did her first round and then yeah. couldn't continue to compete. Um, and then I just don't, I don't feel like Noah was on. Um, there was some. Yeah. Something in the commentary where they said all of her connections have been consistent. I'm like, no, they haven't. She's been falling on her butt every single line. <laughs> so, so I just don't feel like she was really on for that competition. Um, but Nene definitely was. Um, her, her, all, both of her line or all of her lines were almost flawless. Um, she also got, um, I think she come come quite full was her big trick. I hate that's the stupidest name for for a is move. That, is that the actual name? Yeah, it's Kumquat. Um, or that's that's name. what they call it in LA anyways. Maybe someone If you got a better name for it, please let me know cuz um <laughs> that's all I've heard for it. Yeah. Um but it's flipping off your bum um on a bar. <laughs> um, I mean it was it was really hard to do. So. Yeah. Oh no, she like she stomped it too. Yeah. Like it was it was nice, so. Yeah. Um also like Kevin Franzen killed it at that event. Um I mentioned this in our last uh, podcast where he just he just lands everything with like so much swagger. Um, True. It's really cool to see. Um, yeah. What else? What else did you? What else did I? What, like? what else about Kings of the Concrete did you? Um, uh, stood out to you. Um. Like. Um, ah, sorry. Hmm. <laughs> I'm just trying to think. Uh, twin parkour like um, Aiden and uh, and Shay. Yeah, they made them go head to head. Yeah, that was. I think they did that on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they were, yeah, they were cool. Uh, I think they performed better at SBL, mm. honestly. Mm. Uh, who who was it that made it further, or did 
one of the oh uh, dear i always get them confused uh, i think yeah. it was shay but shay yeah. but that's a coin flip yeah i met, <laughs> I met them at spl they were cool guys so mm. i was kind of rooting for them and mm. then like when i saw that they got dropped i was a bit sad but mm. that's cool um what else yeah uh is there anyone that i'm missing I think I think that's everyone that I remember. So, what was like the overall watch experience overall like for watch you? Yes, yeah. I enjoyed it. I think that it was. Ah, uh, oh, sorry. Um, it was short, uh, sweet. Like um, it kept my attention the whole time. Uh, it wasn't like watching like um, I guess like a baseball game or something like that, where mm-hmm. I have to be waiting for someone to like pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it was like there's something happening at every single second. Right, mm-hmm. and uh, like like you said, the pacing was off. You said that it was fast, but I actually liked it. So, mm. well, yeah, my personal opinion. Again, right? you know, there's uh, yeah, there's uh, when you're when you're critiquing a video, there's there's a lot of different ways you can go about it. Um, yeah, I th- I thought it looked really good. Um, the graphics were were on point. Um, they had these these nice like transition graphics they were throwing in there too. They had little music bumpers. Um, all the camera quality was was top notch. So like the whole thing just looked really good. Um, the the bad for me uh, with the edit they dropped is is that um, I know they recorded a lot of behind the scenes. So they went. Yeah. I think they visited. Like Kevin was telling me that they visited him and filmed him training and filmed Ellis. And so it seems like there's all these interviews and footage that were just completely cut out, except for the very beginning, like the very beginning, they show Evan Leslie, who doesn't make it very far, by the way. Um, And so they, they kind of make a point to state that he has kids and then he gets knocked out in the first round and it's like, okay, well, and then he's the only one they did that for. No one else really gets a story. Um, And I feel like they could have done this um, and maybe they will still, I don't know. I still keep leaning towards this thing. I said, you know, um, talked about some Tempest productions in the past and never saw the light of day. And so maybe that footage never sees the light of day. Um, it's a real shame if it doesn't. Because my, my issue is that I was there in person and I can tell you there were moments that were a lot more impactful in person than they came off on screen. I was telling you as you were watching it, I was like, hey, did you notice this? And you're like, oh, what? Did you notice Elise got knocked out? No, I didn't. It kind of gets glanced over. You know, she freaking had heat stroke in the middle of the competition and she's like probably one of the tops. She is definitely the top seed. It should, you know, I'm just, I'm going to say it. It should have been her and Nene in the final had she not um, dropped that with heat stroke. So, so they missed that. Um, Ellis destroys his ankle. It looks like, or his foot at the, uh, the, on his second to last run. Yeah. And it's this thing where you see him like, and they show it like he's limping and they, they mention it, but they had so many cameras there and, and so much opportunity in this edit to tell the story that I feel like that was a big, that was just a huge moment because he came out for this final run and you watched him limp off of stage and he comes out for this final run and then he just absolutely like throws the hardest line I've ever seen and it just made the moment feel so big. And so being there for the live event, maybe that's the, maybe that's the thing. Maybe you got to get yourself out there and show up to these events live to get um, that live experience. Um, but but what I was expecting from the edit that I didn't get was that that extra footage. Um, instead, what what got put out is is a very condensed because it's about a three hour event and they condensed down to an hour. And as you said, like you enjoyed the pace because it kept you interested. Um, I just felt like there wasn't 
through the commentary and through any extra footage they had, there wasn't enough of an attempt to make the big moments feel big. Um, I felt the commentary was very relaxed. It was like how we're actually, I think during this conversation now, I may have been more lively than, than some of the commentary, if I'm, if I'm being totally honest here. Um, I think, yeah, I, uh, I don't know if um, Jeff was nervous or whatever the case, I'm sure he'll get better from it, um, from that situation. But um, yeah, like I just, I think about SPL and Josh and jo Joey like screaming and, and like throwing their headsets down and stuff yeah. like that. Um, and it's, and there were moments like that at Kings of the Concrete. Um, but yeah, it just seemed like they, um, either there was an intention to be reserved or, or that Jeff and uh, the other guy are just more reserved in general. Yeah. Which isn't great because I think you needed a, like you, you had some people, uh, some VIP people in the crowd that were just going off, and I think they should have been on that couch doing the commentary. Yeah, yeah, I I think so too. Like like uh, Flip Lexi, like mm -hmm. I think I think he would do well on that. Yeah, uh, like as a commentator. Absolutely. Uh, oh, and uh, Joey, of course. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like. Because I didn't know this stuff, I didn't know anything about. Yeah, like, so I I went in like... with I think r really, not really high expectations. <laughs> I almost um, see I'm I'm uh, I'm always like jealous too. Like when people are able to put together big projects like this, and so I I went in watching it thinking like, oh, if if this is really crazy, then I'm gonna be so jealous. Um, <laughs> So it was almost like that like side of me. And I'm like, oh, this is like such a great edit. I'm going to be so jealous. And I was thinking of all the things that could have went into it. And then when I didn't see them one by one, I was like, oh. I, I think I actually enjoyed it. Because um, I was watching it with Tom. And Tom, Tom was saying everything I'm saying now um, when we were watching it together. Um, not to throw him under the bus here. But um, uh, <laughs> these are my words, too. Um, but when I uh, was watching it with you last night, because you were enjoying it, I enjoyed it a bit more. <laughs> so, yeah. so I think I think uh, who you're watching it with, I guess, if if they also have high expectations, then then uh, it's gonna change things. Have you shown uh, youth team guys that or? No, um, maybe I should, you know that could be something when we get back if they haven't already purchased it. I, I bet you Jack has already purchased it. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. He's probably watched it. Jack's a real one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, especially for that sort of style, he must cool. really enjoy that. All right. So again, it wasn't, it's not, it's not that it's all bad. I think it's still um, worth people's money. It's like the price you would pay for like a movie to watch. So yeah. if you spend money on movies, you can spend money on Kings of the Concrete. Um, it looked amazing. Um, and some really, some really dope stuff gets thrown down that we didn't mention yet. I was just from a um, content standpoint of the, the stories to be told and the the, the moments, um, I just think there was a lot left on the table, um, a lot left to be desired there. So that is what I have to say. Okay. Yeah. Those, I thought, I thought it was cool, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all good. Sorry guys, I'm like kind of sick right now. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, yeah. that's pretty much it for, for us today anyways. Um, we're going to go meet up with some peeps now and try to get some, some training on. Um, we're gonna try to see if we can work around your your knee issues. I've been feeling okay. Ooh. I've been feeling okay. I did some jumps yesterday, Hop. and I feel okay today. So, 
I should hop the suicide wall run, like one foot. One like, foot the suicide wall run? Yeah, yeah it would be an MBD. Uh, it would be. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you ghost strided the whole thing. That would be nutty. Just like left, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, crazy. All right, well, that is it for us today. Thanks for tuning in, and we will see you next week.